Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey, welcome to the Burns Marketing Podcast. Man, I'm fired up and excited today sitting down with these two guys. They're also brothers, the Carvelis brothers. Got Joey Carvelis and Manny Carvelis. Man, I'm ready to dive in because there's a lot of people locally. They see you guys at the store. You know, they, they taste the food. They love it. They always repeat customers. Man, I want to dive into the story and really get to know you guys a little bit more. So, Joe, I'm going to start with you, man, because you started the business years ago. What um what kind of got you into the restaurant business, so to speak? Like, what was your desire, and what, what did you think you were getting into? Well, I think my dad put the desire in my heart at a young age. You know, he opened up – he bought a – the local pizza place in uh, when I was 12 years old and uh, in Hogansville. So we would, I would literally get off the school bus and go, you know, work in the restaurant. It sucked back then, but, but over time, you know, I became, you know, pretty proud of it. You know, it's my, my family's business restaurant. I, I enjoyed working there with my family. So that's where I wanted to own my own pizza shop. I wanted to be a pizza cook and own my own pizza restaurant. I remember having conversations with dad when I was, you know, early teenagers saying we should open up a, a location in LaGrange. And he's, you know, he worked at FedEx full-time, part-time pizza, pizza place owner. And he's like, yeah, it's a good idea. We, you know, we, we can't do that. We ain't got enough money to do that. So, but, but we would, I remember having conversations with him just dreaming about all these different locations. And uh, of course we never did it, but boy, would he be happy to see it, see it now. That's good. Now, what year did you start? Because I remember uh, there was a Facebook post. I think someone just tagged you in it what this week about, you know, remember these old times? It was like a little house that you had when you first started. Talk about, you know, the date that it started and, you know, what it took and to really start that up because a lot of people are afraid to start a new business. It's like, I don't have capital. I don't have this. I don't have a location. I don't have a business model. Talk about, you know, what you had to go through to really just – be able to open up the doors and have your first customer? Well, I had got fired from my job, so I had no choice. It was either uh, do something or, or, you know, not have a job. The story is pretty cool, but, I mean, it was it, back then it wasn't cool. I mean, I'm sitting there. We just bought a house, just had a first child. I got fired from a job for, for something that I probably didn't, you know, I didn't do. I probably didn't. I didn't do it. But uh, I went to a friend of mine and asked if I could, borrow some money you know i had been in the pizza business all my life i've been working in restaurants prior to that and uh yeah i was ready for it. i knew how to i knew how to make pizza you know the the idea was had been there since i was in school you know create menus for it so i just went to the friend and i said hey there's a restaurant for sale in hogansville for twenty thousand dollars and he's gonna sell me the land the, the building all the equipment he was about to go out of business anyway and uh they said, okay, I'll let you borrow the money. So, you know, it wasn't like I had a bunch of money saved up. I had no money in my account, actually. I had about 500 bucks to my name. I didn't really take a risk. I mean, it was I was just put in a spot that I, you know, I had to crawl myself out of. But it happened to be, you know, God's plan. He put me there, and um, I feel really, really blessed to have been put in that position. What's cool about that is, you know, you talked about earlier at a young age having a dream. And, you know, you go and – I mean, how old were you? What were, what were you doing? What kind of work were you doing when you got fired? So I was managing a, a golf course. Uh, it was like five, four golf courses, uh, restaurants. And I was, you know, 
I knew how to cook. I really wasn't great at managing, but uh, we were actually making deposits, and there was like $100 missing, and they thought it was me. I was like, it ain't me. But I was the one that had to go. So you get fired, and, like, you know, that sucks. I mean, it did you know, suck. It sucks. You get fired, don't have any money, and you start a business. You know, but to be honest with you, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that took some balls, you know, to, to do that. I guess I didn't feel like it back then. It was pretty pretty uh, scary in that in that spot. But were you married or single? I was married. Okay. Had a, I just had a baby. We just bought a house, so there was no income. My wife, you know, she wasn't working because she wanted to be at home with the baby. So we literally had to borrow money from her mom and dad to survive for like a few months until we get that thing going. But you know, first first two months of the business, three months of the business, I didn't make any money, but we we got to eat because yeah. we had pizza every night. Yeah. And uh, but but after about three months, I remember talking to Jimmy, our brother Jimmy, and he's like, "Man, you're making enough money now. You should pay yourself a salary." I'm like, "Okay." So I think I think my first salary is like 400 bucks a week. It was so exciting. You know what's awesome is you said we we still ate. You know, a lot of people are so scared to death to jump out on faith and try to start something new. It's like ah, because we see this Instagram life. You know, all these people. I started this business. I did this. I did that. But they forget, they don't see the backstory of, hey, I still got to eat. It wasn't like we, I was scraping pennies together. Maybe you were, you know, with the new baby and everything, but you still got to eat. So things are going well. You, you, you get comfortable. Matter of fact, you started doing a lot of catering for us. We were having events. We were having, um, you know, parties and different corporate events, and you started catering a lot. Yep. And so fast forward, you know, you, you had influence with one of your brothers, Jimmy, and uh, you had your other brother, Manny. You know, I think Manny was looking to come back home. He had been off. He'd been doing corporate world. And how did that conversation look like when you were like, Manny, I got this deal going, you know. I'm comfortable what I'm doing because, you know, you taught me. You were telling me at one time, you're like, man, I, I do pretty well. I, I enjoy what I'm doing, you know, and you were able to leave it. You know, you didn't have a lot of headaches at the time. But you were really wanting to expand and kind of really do something special, something mm -hmm. that maybe your dad had instilled in you years ago. Talk about what that conversation looked like for you and Manny. Well, you know, Manny, my older brother, he, he had a lot of experience with with people, with with big scale, you know, uh, managing big operations. You know, I'm I'm just a the guy that knows how to. I'm real creative. I know how to cook. I knew how to give a good experience in the store, and I I just dream up. But you know, we dream up stuff. I would dream really big about man if I could just put this dream team together, you know, and, and, and we could really create something big, you know, it'd be a miracle if Manny could come over here and, and help with this. So when he come into town, you know, he lived, he lived in different States. I think the, the last time we were in Memphis, mm -hmm. but he come down to the store, you know, when he came into town and we drank some beers and, and, you know, look, y'all, you guys came there to the restaurant. It was busy. It, it, that little bitty shack. I mean, it was, it wasn't, there wasn't much to it. Um, but it was packed and you could just feel you when you're an operator, when you're in your business every single day, you feel that if it's, if it's good or not, you know, I mean, if you're not there, you probably don't know that, but if you're there every day, you feel it. And, and the customers felt it. I mean, you, it, it didn't take a dummy to feel what was going on there every night. And, um, so when Manny would come down, we just, we just talked about it. Like, man, what if you left Carvel, if you left FedEx, well, you know, we could do something big with this. There's a lot of people that like it. We can take it here, here, here. And he saw that. He, he saw way past what it was. And I think that's 
you know, over about three years of just talking and him seeing it grow every time he came down. Um, I believe that was the – I don't know exactly what the turning point was for him, but that, that was what I feel like it was. So, man, it took, it took you three years to buy in, huh, <laughs> after watching what yeah. he was doing and everything. So, yeah. three years. What, uh, what made – well, I guess what was your aha moment? You're like, you know what, I'm sick of corporate America. I believe in what Joey's got going on, and I feel like I can really help take this thing to the next level. Well, I've, I've wanted to do it all along, but I, I, I wasn't really sick of corporate America. I really had worked really hard for 25 years to get to where I was, and there was still so much growth, and the people there were so good to me, and I had learned so much there. I really, I really didn't want to leave. And, um, but the idea of coming back and doing something like this, it was almost like we would think about it, but I would never do it. You know, we all have those types of – just whatever, pick up and do something. And yeah. you, just, you would never do it, right? I mean, that was more where, where it was. Um, anyway, I, I don't think I've really ever talked about this before, but I was living in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, Joey and I have been talking about this since 2014. Right now it's like 2016. And uh, my life's good. Healthy, everything's good. Uh, I find out I got melanoma skin cancer, and uh, which I didn't even know what it was, and I realized real quick it was, uh, you know, like your your life is could be gone, and that was very alarming <clears throat> for me, mm. and uh, that's when everything changed for me, and you know, gave me a chance to. Uh, go through months of not knowing luckily i was able to come through it but you know it just it brought me to my knees you know and it got me uh, rekindled with with god my relationship changed and uh that's that's what it was and what i did was i just thought about everything what are my kids going to remember me as? Some guy that just traveled all the time and worked every day, all day. I supported him and did all that stuff, but I really wasn't present. Um, but the job was great, right? Yeah, I mean, making good money, successful oh, yeah, in, in the corporate world. Absolutely. And everybody, I was highly respected in the corporate world. I mean, I had made my way way up. And, uh, it made me just question a lot of things about my life. You know, one of them was like, I mean, where would I even be buried? I mean, my family's in Georgia. I mean, I'm out here in Texas. I mean, so and that's really, you know, what was the turning point for me. And it was, you know, what am I doing? You know, like what, what I've, done, I've done this for 25 years. Is this, is this what it's going to be? And, you know, I, that gave me the courage coupled with my faith, the, the rekindled faith that I, you know, that had drove me to, you know, like I, I'm like probably like most people where I just, I veered off the path for many, many years and that brought me back strong. And uh, anyway, um, that's when I got serious about it. And I remember Joey saying, because I mean, look, here's the deal, but the business couldn't pay me what I was making. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. Yeah, right. 
And so that's the quandary. Well, how, how do you even do it? I mean, like, well, me going through that made me not care about that. I just said, you know, we'll just figure it out as we go. I trusted him and his wife. And um, my wife was totally on board, which was so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she, you know, she had a pretty good life too. I mean, yeah. and for me just to say, I don't know how this is going to work. I got no plan. And then Joe, Joey says, well, how much money do you have? And I don't know if you've ever been asked that question. But I, like, I start, well, I don't really, I don't know. I guess I need to, you know, like really figure it out. You yeah. know, like how much, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I got a house. I mean, I got, I got some debt. I got, you know, I got, a, so at the end of the day, we, we figured it out and I cashed out my 401k and sold my house. <laughs> Which, you know, everybody at work said I was complete. They thought I'd lost my mind. Yeah. And they really did. And uh, so I left. And, and it was pretty crazy because I I didn't retire. Everybody thinks I retired. I was, you know, 44. You can't retire. I quit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I got quit. I just gave my resignation. Wow. I mean, so anyway. Uh, that was it was a shocker. Now there's a pension. I mean, I'll get one day. I don't know, sixty years old or yeah. something like that. Um, but you know, uh, it that's that's what it was, and we just we just didn't have no plan. We just said, you know what? Together, we'll figure it out. And let's just do one thing. Let's let's get from this shack to the to the new store in Hogansville. That was number one. Yeah. And it took us about a year. From the time I got there to, to get that finished. And then that allowed us, you know, that allowed me to then, you know, take a paycheck, which I was, it was getting time for that anyway, <laughs> you know, and um, we just, we started dreaming about more stores. And like you said, I had a lot of experience with managing large scaled operations, not just all in one place, all over the place in multiple states and Lots of people, you know, under me, how to structure the leadership, the management, the oversight, the training, what, you know, all those things. I was experienced with that. And so we had to build a team. But, you know, it's hard to build a team when you got very limited resources. And, that, you know, so you have to sacrifice. You know, you have to sacrifice how much money you're going to get. I mean, look what he sacrificed. How many people do you know that start a business? That that's doing good. I mean, you know, it took care of him and his family. He had a pretty good deal. He, he struggled and struggled, but it you know got better and better. To basically give up half your business. Who's going to do that? I I remember having a conversation with you, and he he was telling me, you know, and 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 hopefully we can show a picture of, you know, JB said the shack, but what he was making net out of that on a monthly basis, and. You know, and one thing that really jumped out at me, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer now, Manny, in it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I talked about last week on our podcast about, you know, Marcus Aurelius, uh, his book, Meditations. And I was actually reading this morning, it talks about, you know, when a doctor prescribes a medication to somebody, treat life when something happens to you, treat that as life prescribing that to you. You know, take it, take it for what it is, you know, and I'm sitting here listening to you never knew that story about, you know, you getting sick, but you made some changes and 
you y'all believed in each other. I mean, uh, so for those of you who don't know, they're completely two different personalities, you know, that you guys have. And just knowing more and more about you guys, y'all complement each other so well. So you, you started, you opened up the Hogansville one. You know, you moved to a, yep. a better location, nicer, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the plan after that, after you got that one up and rolling? I really think we were probably like most really small business owners. I mean, we dreamed of having multiple stores, but we couldn't really even do what we were doing. I think that's what a lot of business owners find themselves at. It's like, how can you even consider you know, taking on three, four, five times what you're currently doing, you know, in, a, on a, in another site? When we, you, well, we worked every day, too. Manny was in the front yeah, working it, in shifts. Like, literally, I was in there cooking pizzas. I mean, so to think, how are we going to open up a second location? Yeah. We we got to get out of here first. I, I could not imagine what it would be like to not be in the kitchen cooking the food. I, there was There was no way I would ever see myself doing that. But that's really the only way you could scale if if you're you know you have to be able to get out of that you got to be able to put people in place to do it and, that, and you know that was that was the I think that's the turning point for us mm-hmm. when we just pull the trigger for Lagrange which is a whole other story but but when we finally get it, got it open that's really what I feel like for me was was what taught me that you could trust other people were were you nervous because you know when I first heard about Carvels it was all about the food mm-hmm. man you got to try this place out food's amazing. Which it is, by the way. If you haven't tried it, go there. Food's the best. But that's all I heard about was the food. And you had a lot of people from LaGrange that were driving to Hogansville to eat. Did you have any fears of like... No. No, no, fears. no fears. Okay. Because I, I, I trust the, the systems that we've created, that, that I've put in place in the kitchen to be able to... That was, that's something that we're really good at, actually. You know, the food's good, but we, we've put a solid plan together in that, in that restaurant, in that kitchen, to be able to put out excellent food. And there's, and it's, there's no thought that goes in it, basically. Yeah. Because, you know, there's no, there's no freezers. There's no frozen food. We make everything from scratch. But we have, you know, parts. So, you know, like, we bring the food in. It gets broke down. It gets prepped, you know, by a team. And then another team comes in and, and, and executes and puts it together. So it's just a it's a really good system that I trust fully. We all trust fully. And I think that's what makes the, the food come out, you know, consistent. Did you have any fears of so many people were driving from LaGrange to Hogansville? Yes. Did you have fears that LaGrange wouldn't, you know, or it would affect Hogansville? Oh, yeah. He, he did. Uh, but a lot of our fears were driven by other people. Right. That's right. That's good. <laughs> that's that's really good right there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, you can't listen to anybody. Yes. I mean, you just got to hold your bow, your neck, and just yep. put the blinders on. I mean, and just go for it. And, you know, <laughs> Joey is definitely more nervous than a – you know, look, I think my faith just kept blinders on me. I, I was like a – you know, like a kid. You can drive a motorcycle off a cliff and think it's fun. Like yep. now – we're not doing that. You know what the dangers are yeah. of doing that. Because you've experienced it. Yeah, like it's – I mean, I could die. I mean, that's what you're – you know, yeah. now. But when you're – so I had some sort of ability just to not worry. And I'm not saying I'm not a worrisome person. It was just in the, that incident where or instance where he would walk around in downtown LaGrange and just be like, oh, my God. Well, no, we'd be, st- we'd be standing in the, in the store looking out. <laughs> I'd be looking out the window. I'm like – 
I hadn't seen nobody walk past here like all day. Right. But you'd see a thousand cars go by there, but nobody'd be walking. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. We make a mistake here. And everybody was like, what are you going to do about parking? Yeah. I mean, no one's going to walk across the street. So busy, you know. So we're both like, yeah, I could just see his, I could just see him going, (laughs) oh my God. Are they right? Yeah. Are they they right? right? Are we screwing up here? You know, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought that it was the right thing because I didn't even know the story. Joe actually told me the story where our dad used to talk about having that, that building. Yeah, we used to, he used to go to Mighty Joe's and he said, man, Joey, now this would be the place to go to get right here. This is a great pizza place. I said, wow. Yeah. And no I offense just, to Mighty Joe's. I like, I like yeah, the lady, pizza. but yeah, you know, I was like, people. dad, your pizza's better, bud. You know, he's like, yeah, but if we could just get this place, we, you know, now we got it. It's pretty cool that we were able to get. I got a picture of me and him walking in that store together when he was alive. When it was before, Mighty Joe's. When it was Mighty Joe's, before I had Carvel's Pizza, before I even knew I was going to have a. Well, I always, always knew I'd have one, but, you know, just like you always know you're going to have the six pack abs. <laughs> when is that really going to happen? Right. Get your ass up and do What's something. What's cool about that is your dad was sowing seeds back then that the harvest is being, you know, yeah, done now. Right. And he was sowing seeds back then, you know, from, you know, having a dream of a store to, you know, yeah. even speaking about a location. Yeah. Right. And that's where you, you don't realize it then. You start to see it now. And we don't know what we're doing now that could impact, you know, the future. I mean, I, I like to try to think about it, but it's just kind of overwhelming to, you know, just get outside of what you're doing every day to even think like that. But it, it really is the truth. And that's what gave me confidence that we were doing the right thing is just that. I just really felt like, man, these things don't just happen. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they don't just happen. This is not a coincidence. You know, I just don't believe like that. And, you know, LaGrange has just been so great to us. And it was very hard. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie. First month, I didn't know how we were going to keep doing it. Oh, my God. It was very difficult. And we had, we kind of graduated from the shack, you know, the, 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 Amount of food we were having to produce at the new location in Hogansville was a lot more. So we thought we got that we we figured it out. Well, Lagrange was like a, a different scale than that, oh, and wow. it was. So we were just you know trying to figure it out as we went, and it was it was it was difficult, but it taught us a lot. Though. It was a, a great great learning experience. There was a lot of nights where. where we, people get we just get mad at each other, you know, because you you literally get there, you know, eight thirty in the morning. You wouldn't leave until one o'clock in the morning, seven days a week, because you know when you got done with work, you had to make dough. You can't just make a little batch. I mean, it takes an hour to make a batch of dough for, and you've been working all day long. Well, that's what we kept doing. We kept making a batch of dough, and then we needed about ten. <laughs> we, we didn't have enough. Yeah, we the cooler wasn't big enough. How much dough you need to make? <laughs> it was a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. But you learn through experience, and what I'm what I'm getting at on that by experience is, you had your system, you had your structure in place, and then you threw it out the window because it's like now we got to figure out this new system. We got to figure mm-hmm. out how to keep up with the demand here. And well, yeah, you basically had to. We we figured it was going to do about what Hogan'sville was doing, but it was double, and uh, so you had to basically double your system. The system was good. It just it was you just it wasn't big enough, you know. It just took us a 
a month or two to figure out that, oh, you just times two it. Yeah, right. Just multiply it. We weren't smart enough to figure that out the first few days. <laughs> but, but, you know, we're not even talking about one of the biggest variables is you're dealing with people, too. Yeah. You're, you're dealing with the public, you know. Let's just face it. The public is not the, the, the best. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that if you go to college, you need to work retail or you need to go wait tables. I don't care if you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, a scientist, whatever. I, mm-hmm. I really believe it would make America better if one of those classes was waiting tables or working retail, dealing with the public. Yeah. So you dealt with the public, and also you're dealing with training employees. I mean, you know, brand mm-hmm. new people that don't know, you know, systems and processes coming in and serving the public. Yeah, and one of the things that we were so busy and we were so exhausted, it was like, what's happening in Hoganesville? We weren't even there. And this young lady who runs Hoganesville, who's still there, was just running it. Nick was there also. And Nick's your boy. Nick's my son, and Nick's, Nick's also an owner of the company, as well as our other brother, Charlie. Now, Charlie wasn't with us then, but this was, an, you know, an early, I mean, it, that's, it just showed us that, wow, I mean, we, you know, we can do this, you know. I mean, like I said, I had experience with it, but I wasn't, I didn't have to create it from the ground up, you know, and that was the difference. You just had to manage it. You, you right. didn't have to build something. You just had to manage the right. structure. That we we had to cr- build this thing from the ground up. I mean, and hire every person individually. And that was, you know, that was a lot. Uh, it was more to it than just being over it like I was or managing it like I was. Well, it's one thing to teach them how to make the food. Right, Joey? But it's another thing to teach them your personality because there's only one Joey. You know, when we would go to the shack, it was like, man, I hope Joey's here because, you know, I want to spend some time with Joey. And everybody wanted everybody wanted a piece of Joey while you were there, right? And now it's at the point to where you can't be in all the locations at once. So you guys talk about how you broadcast your personalities and instill the customer service that everybody knows what Carvel's Pizza Company is, and it's your personality when people walk through that door. I don't know if you can actually do that. I mean, it sounds good, but I don't think you can. The things that you can do is, you know, put out the food that you you know how to cook. Um, you can you can give them a good experience with the you know the way the restaurant's set up. You know how the the sounds in there, the music, what's playing on TV. You know, teaching people how to smile. You know, say thank you. And as as far as my personality goes, it's probably better that my personality is not in there. Because I've been known to cuss somebody out, you know, if they get on my nerves. So that was probably good that I, my personality was taken out of there. You can do that in Hogansville. You can't do it. Now. You can do it at the shack. We can't do it now, right? You know, you know, and there's something to be said about a small town. That personality is big. When you get into a bigger market, I don't think it's necessary. Just because there's so many people, you just you just feed the masses. Kind of like you give them a good experience, get them in quick. Uh, they're they're just gonna enjoy the food, the the all the people, the the fast pace, you know that's a fun experience, right? You don't necessarily have to have that person, but when it's a small store, it is it is a factor, for sure. Yeah, you know Manny, um, 
how many times do you get suggestions about man you should put this on the menu you should <laughs> you should do this you should do that yeah. you know talk about keeping it simple to where because at one time when you guys open up Lagrange you were, you had this idea of you know let's name this pizza after a local you know mm-hmm. monument in Lagrange or whatever the Panther Paisan yep that's it <laughs> with the French fries on it that's it so you had that but now as you guys have went into other markets and other towns. Well, there's this is a really easy answer for that. You know, it's when you have to make a change to one of the menus. Um, all of them had addresses, different addresses, different phone numbers. So if you just if you just make one change and you could create, you know, you just have one style menu and it fits all the stores, it's easier. That's really it. Plus training. You know, when you train people how to make all the pizzas, I mean, they can go to any store and do exactly. The same thing. They don't have to be retrained on anything. That's a common theme with business owners. Simple. Yeah. It, it's tough because business is tough enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's a common theme with business owners is keeping it simple. You know, well, let's talk about, you know, what what's next for you guys. And when I say next is I know you got a store coming up. Um, I don't know if it's public knowledge yet, but you guys are building out in another city. Mm-hmm. You guys have eyes on other cities as well already making plans for that yeah manny and i we we're kind of that that you know team that goes out finds locations and you know gets the leases and talks to the bank um we're no expert so (laughs) we we uh i'm definitely not an expert at it um it'd be nice to to you know for it to be a lot more smooth than it is but you know, we've we've run into some issues with financing. You know, with the bank, you, they won't let you borrow so much money. If you don't own the property, they want you to have collateral to borrow money. So we've kind of borrowed money against, you know, really, we have, we got two properties. Yeah. And uh, How many locations so, do you have? Four. Four. Well, we've got four five. opens, five, five. We've got one in the works right okay. now. Yeah. It's, it's the bigger we get, the more things. we, we it never It's never the same. You know, the restaurant, the, the menu's the same. You know, those things are consistent, but as you grow, it seems like you're constantly having to change how you how you work because the banks are changing, the, the way you lease the building is changing. I mean, every uh, contractors are changing. You know, everything's changing. Costs are changing rapidly. So it's a, it's definitely a, a, a stressful, you know, thing if you're not really good at it. I don't feel like I'm the greatest at it. But I have fun with it, for sure. I mean, it's, it's fun to go out and learn. We, we got, what? four or five cities we're looking at right now yeah yeah i mean it, we got it's but i think we're kind of at a turning point too you know where we're, what joey's talking about where it seems like it would get easier the more we open to but it's like there's been different um dynamics that have you know every time you open one or something different and and so like you guys know right now we're, we look at downtowns we we kind of take these older buildings we remodel them i mean it's a major overhaul to make it into a restaurant we 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 lease we buy i mean we do different things depending on the situation but i think now we're actually you know talking about you know what if we didn't do a downtown what what if we did a larger scale location what if we you know we're in a denser area you know and those are out of our comfort zone we're pretty comfortable with the model we have right now right and and so, but this is what well, these hurdles are kind of forcing us to, you know, well, maybe let's, why not have a 
why can't we be like a, have a building the size of a Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I hit that. my stride with the designing this, the retrofit in the old buildings. You know, I know how to do that really good now. I'm getting better at it every time. But now that we, it's like, hey, we're going to do one from the ground up. Now you got to design from the ground up. That seems like, oh, shit. It's like Chick Fil A, you know <laughs> yeah. the, the Chick Fil A story. You know they they were in you know the, the original Chick Fil A up there in Hapeville. Their model at that time was Waffle Houses, so it was like a Waffle House style mm-hmm. model. You know with the you know countertop service, you know for twenty four hours, and then they got into the the malls. We couldn't stay open twenty four hours there. But when they started the freestanding Chick Fil A's, that's when their business exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's. Right. I mean, it, it does evolve, but I think you, it, it's because you run into problems, you know. That's and, good, yeah. And, you know, it can make you better. So a lot of us deal with problems a lot, but I think if we can not be not be afraid of the problems, just let's just, like, be strategic, be like tacticians and just, you know, work through it and then – once we get to the other side of it, you know, we just adjust. But the one thing that I think that, you know, we've not ever discussed adjusting is just how, how the food's prepared, how the type of food we purchase, the, the ingredients that we use. I mean, you guys, nobody knows how difficult it was through this. And it's still kind of going on where you couldn't get the goods you needed. People knew that, right? I mean, people knew they couldn't get things. I mean, you couldn't get a car. You couldn't get a boat. You couldn't, couldn't buy a house. I mean, whatever. You know, just everything. But when it comes to food, it was an absolute grind every day to get the ingredients we needed to make the food we make. And we could easily, they, all these food reps, all these sales reps come in there. Oh, you, you can just substitute this for this. It's even cheaper. Oh, yeah, we could have saved, you know. Five, six, seven thousand dollars a week on groceries, just buying a lesser product or you know a different brand. But we we believe in that that quality product that we buy. It's the best. There ain't no better product you can get. You stuck to your standards. Yeah, and it was very hard. It was very very hard. And we even had moments where I was like, Lord, am I here to do this? You know. But well, we'd have to buy like you know it'd be like well we we're gonna be out in, in a couple months. I'm like okay, well. We're going to buy, you know, like cheese, you know, we'd have to buy, you know, like it's got a good shelf life on it. So you could purchase a little bit more um, cheese if you needed, you know, so, or tomatoes, like the tomatoes you use on the pizza. So we'd have to, you know, buy a mass, a quantity of it and, you know, have them keep it in their warehouses to make sure that we had it. So there was a lot of gambling there, you know. Oil, I mean, ketchup, whatever, just every week it was like. Something. Something new every week. Flour. I mean, yeah. It's like flour. It's pretty important, you know. But it was uh, those types of things were very challenging. But I think it, I think at the end of the day, it's it's definitely made. Not just him and I. I mean, you know, we got a team of unbelievable people that you know uh, that have been. You know, they've they've been right there with us and involved in this, and you know. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have been able to get through it the way we did. You guys have a lot of family, right? That work work together. Yeah, oh, we do have a lot of family. I mean, between you know Joey and I, our brother Charlie, um, then I've got three older children that work in the business: Nick, Sierra, and Al. Uh, and then Sierra and Al both have 
their husband and wife working with us in, in critical roles, my nephew Trevor. But we've got 150 people, you know, so we do have a large family, but we really have a, a lot of people. I mean, I consider them family, but yeah. I mean, you know, that are in critical, critical roles that aren't immediate family. Yeah. You know, but it did help us get this thing started with with the family because, you know, we could say, guess what? We can't pay you. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> you can't do that with anybody, you know. We didn't have to. I mean, I'm probably exaggerating, but, you know, we could have done that if we had to. Well, they didn't get paid much for a while. And they didn't get paid much. That's right. We we uh, during what during COVID we took a month off. We didn't we didn't pay ourselves. All the owners didn't pay us. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. But we was like, well, since we ain't taking pay, we let's get some free food or something. We started buying <laughs> filet mignon from the from the uh, U.S. Foods like cases of like I got six filets. You want one? Yeah. That's when you started doing your cooking shows on uh, right. Facebook. Yeah, right? damn sure. Yeah, <laughs> extra food at the house. I'm like, I gotta do something with it. That's when we make a video. We get going to the grocery store. It's crazy over there. <laughs> you can only buy like one ounce of cheese at a time. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it is, is you guys are wanting to leave a legacy, and the Carvelis name, you know, already is going to be a legacy with your family. And you know, I love when you said, "We'll just figure it out." think that's that's a hiccup for a lot of people starting a business is I got to know everything I got to get everything just right before I you know make it happen and you guys are like you know what we'll figure it out along the way (laughs) and I think through experience that's where you learn the process you know you had to endure some experiences to be able to know how to handle the problems that you endured to be able to troubleshoot and instead of looking at them as problems like we can't overcome this is like no we've overcome worse we can do this now yeah, you know everybody's heard that term that saying analysis paralysis. Yeah, you know it's real. Yes, and we all, all want to overthink it, like you said, know every detail before we commit to this big change. And I think that that's the way we talk ourselves out of it. Yeah, you figure out ways that it won't work when you keep an analysing it. You know, yeah. analyzing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's really, I think you know, I don't. If I was, you know, starting a, a new business as a young person right now. You know, I think the just the passion and the the drive to do it outweighs the financial piece of it, and all the catastrophic things you could think of. You know that it might not work, even if it don't work. You tried. You you just learn from that. Go try something else. Uh, I will. I will. You know, say that if you are starting a business, that you know you should you should definitely know how to make money at it because I mean you you can have a passion for something and have the drive to go do it, but if you don't know how to make money with it you're probably not going to, it's not going to work. So, you know, like think about being a plumber. I mean, if you were to go out today and start a plumbing company, what would you charge people to do the work? You really need to know those things before you go out. You need to be very, very, uh, know your numbers. You know, I think that's, that's a key thing is knowing what to charge people and what's going to be fair for you and fair for the customer. We were talking, we were talking about that before we started recording and you were talking about, listening to a lot of podcasts, people in the restaurant industry and, and learning from them. Tell them what you told me about how you kind of, kind of quit. So yeah, we, we would, uh, I would, man, I listened to so much. I just absorbed when I first opened the pizza place, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I was kind of on an Island by myself. I had one other guy that I knew that, that owned a pizza place and, uh, or a restaurant. 
So I, I just I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to other people. Uh, I'd listen to guys or girls who would be involved in big corporations that were that were scaling the business. You know, taking it nationwide and and uh, just all kind of podcasts. And I just overload. I mean, I felt like you should just overload yourself. And, and at the point after a couple of years, I was just like, man, I'm just getting too much of this stuff. Like I felt like I. I wasn't able to make a decision anymore. I feel like I just I didn't, I took too much in, so I I just gave it a break and uh, I started kind of learn you know doing what I had learned by just being in the stores everyday repetition and started trusting myself, making some decisions and uh, figuring things out for myself. So yeah, I think you can get overloaded with too many thoughts. Sometimes you just gotta put the put the things on your ears and just make some decisions. It's all good if you make a mistake. It's not, yeah. not really a mistake, you know. Sometimes it's it's you know um, progress when you make a mistake. Yeah, you lose or learn. You know, when you when you screw up, you're gonna learn from it. You know, yeah. mistakes are when you just you know keep doing the same mistake over and over and over again. Learn from it, adjust, pivot. I totally agree. Yeah, who you listen to matters again, right? That's that's been a theme because <laughs> you know you were listening to all these people telling you all this, and you were getting over overloaded with information you know and at the end of the day you just had to make a decision that says this works for my business you know because it's not a you know a, a one-size-fits-all for business it's like does it work for my business and am i profitable because that's the biggest thing in business is you know stay in business right it's like then it turns into just a hobby yeah. it's like it's a hobby hey i love cooking for all my friends and stuff but i don't make any money well I mean, you know there's a lot of people out there uh, i've heard them called solopreneurs you know, they're doing business, they're, you know, but they're not really making any money out. They're giving deals, they're giving their friends deals, man, family deals. It's like, you know, when I went into business, I remember talking to Jimmy and he's like, man, don't feel like you can, you got to give family anything. You need to charge them. And he said, you need to charge yourself. I'm like, shit. I'm going to eat me a free pizza, Jimmy. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's funny you bring that up because his son was on my son's baseball team. And, you know, Hogansville was always the central point to stop and eat in the evening time. And we were sitting out there one night, and Jimmy goes, yeah. So, man, I gave Joey some advice. He's like, kind of kicking myself for that advice. I said, what do you mean? He said, I told him he should not let family eat for free, that they should always have to pay. He's like, man, we eat here so much now. He's like, man, it cost me a fortune to feed all my family. He got it. He got that money. Don't feel sorry for Jimmy. Share some. Share some of that wealth, baby. Here's, here's a cool stat. I want to share this with everybody. 18.4% of businesses fail in the first year. So basically 20%. So one out of every five businesses fail after the first year. After five years, 49.7% of those fail. So after five years, half, five out of every 10 that start a business are done. What would you encourage somebody with today that has a dream that's, that's going to decide, you know, hey, I'm going to act on this. What was, um, and we, we've gotten so much meat today, what would you encourage them and talk about not giving up? You know, if, if they truly have a dream, you know, Mark Cuban says this all the time. He says, you only got to be right one time. You know, meaning if you try something and try something else, try something else, you only got to be right one time. But talk to speak to somebody today that really has a dream about something and what it's going to really take. And you almost want to scare somebody. 
you know, because my, my thought process if in our business, if, man, if I can talk somebody not into coming to business with us and they still want to, I've got somebody. Yeah. You know, so kind of share your heart with somebody today that's like, you know, really has a dream that wants to do something. Kind of encourage them on what, it, what it's really going to take deep down, what it's going to take to survive. Well, I, you know, I have kids that, you know, I've thought about that, you know, like what. And I think that for me, what I would say is, is go learn how to do it first. I mean, it, it, you know, I think this is probably a, a questionable type conversation, but, you know, college may not be the answer for everybody. Go learn how to do it. It's okay to go work somewhere for yeah. somebody else. Just learn everything you can. Like he talked about a plumber. Go be a plumber. Yeah. Learn everything you can. And then think you're going to be better prepared you know, I think that you'll understand what it takes to be that and what it takes to uh, run that type of business to a degree, you know, but I really think that's that's the key. Obviously, the things we already talked about, you know, just having the commitment, not worrying about all the things that can fail you. But, you know, to Joey's point about, you know, knowing the numbers, I think if you understand the business, then you, you'll you'll be ready for that. But if you don't have that type of understanding, you know, it, you are kind of getting out there on a, on a limb and, you know, it may be a setback. It, it may not be, but I think, you know, there's more to it than just having drive and passion. That's very critical. Yeah. But you do need to understand the business, I yeah. think, in, at a detailed level and go spend a few years doing it. If it takes five years, it took me 25 years, you know, to really get to where I felt confident to go do something like that. Yeah. You, you know, it's not – you're not going to be too late to the game, That's right. so to speak. Never I too mean, late. You got, there's some time. Yeah. Just stick – stay in there and and grind it out and, and you know, that would be my advice. What was the colonel? The colonel uh, KFC? Colonel Sanders? Yeah, he was like what? <laughs> he was like 75, 80 okay. before he started KFC. Yeah. And, and, you, and when you think of KFC, you think about – them glasses and that white hair. You yeah, know, he kind of got a little, <laughs> got a little white. But, I mean, that's what you think about, you yeah. know, and, and he, he didn't give up. Yeah. You know, he knew he had something. Well, there was a lot of nights where I, at the pizza place, when I first opened, that I was going to quit, that I was going to give up. I'd go home and I'd tell my wife, this is bullshit. Yeah. I ain't doing this no more. I'm tired of this crap. Because, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't bad money, but it wasn't great for the first, you know, year. It was more money I've ever made in my life. I didn't make a whole lot, but I would go home and I would just, I would complain, you know, and I catch myself complaining. Like, what are you complaining for, man? Like you got, you're living your dream. You're doing something that you always wanted to do. Don't give up. Like you, know, you go work for, you know, Billy Bob down the street, but you know, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be doing the same thing. I remember I go to sleep and I'd wake up, but when I went to bed and I wake up, I'd always feel better. You know, I was like, I was excited about my day again. But, man, there were so many days. There were just so many different things, you know, that just could go wrong. The equipment would go out. You know, the refrigerator was never in temperature. I didn't have enough money to, to pay for any equipment. I had to fix it myself. I had no damn clue what I was doing. I'd go in there and almost kill myself getting electrocuted. I, I, the gas ovens didn't work for the first two years. The, the thermostat didn't work. If you didn't cook a pizza for 30 minutes, it'd burn the pizza. There were so many just things that were just going wrong. But I was like – you know, you kind of have to laugh at it and just keep moving forward. Just say, you know, it's it was making money. 
it was special, and and I just felt like you just, you just got to keep pushing. And my my wife was a big supporter. She she would always you know push me and tell me to keep doing it. And and lastly, I mean, probably the main the main thing was just prayer. You know, really just trusting God. I mean, because when you go into business for yourself, you have no boss, you have no company that you depend on. It is solely God that you depend on. I mean, I mean, unless you depend on somebody else, but. That was what I was doing, and I didn't realize it, and, and I'm thankful for that. I, I got a, really developed a lot better relationship with God, my, wife, my walk with Christ, through the business just because there was a lot of dependency on him, and it's, and it's more now than ever. He always gives you what you need when you need it, right? Yeah, you, you know, you, he humbles you a little bit throughout the process, and, but you're a lot, lot more thankful for it. So, you know, if you're losing money, hand over fist, quit. Get the hell out. You making money? Keep doing it. Don't give up. Get better. You know what's crazy is you both mentioned that you had supporting spouses at home. You know, like so you had somebody to lean on when you went home because those were the lonely nights. So when you're at the restaurant, you've got you're surrounded by all these people. You you feel somewhat obligated. Like these people count on me to be here. These people count on me to make this work. And you get home and you're just lonely. So that's good stuff, man. I've enjoyed sitting down with you guys. I really have. Carvel's Pizza Company, make sure you go check them out. They got Noonan, Hogansville, LaGrange, West Point. We got another location coming? Opelika. 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 When we projected to open up there? Soon. Soon. <laughs> Real quick, what's, uh, what's your all-time favorite thing, Carvel's Pizza? My all-time favorite thing? Ooh, I love the bites. But my go-to, if I have enough people with me, is the caveman pizza. Okay. I love the caveman. Yeah, That's you, my go-to. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. My, mine's the grill bites. Any sauce, any know, sauce, any sauce. Okay. The, par, the 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 Charlie's hot, hot parm. parm on the grilled. Um, my wife loves the Tennessee whiskey, the fried Tennessee whiskey. So you can get grilled because it's not on the menu. Yes, you got to know. Yes. You can ask the for grilled bites. Yeah, the, those. <laughs> yeah, and, and even if even if you just got grilled bites without any sauce, you, the flavors. Well, really you know that's good. the grilled without no sauce. We grill that chicken with salt, pepper, olive oil on the grill, and then we finish it with a deli dressing. It's a Greek deli dressing we make in house to give it that nice little tang, that tartness. Oh, dude, it's it's really good. You can get the deli with the salad too. So if you're trying to eat healthy, you can eat healthy. You got salad. You got the grill bites. Caveman and the grilled grill Charlie's bite. hot palm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got a friend in Ohio. We talk all the time. Every time he comes to town. He wants to eat there not once, but if he's in town in two days, we'll eat there almost three times in yeah. two days. That's what he gets. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. I yep. would do it, too. I mean, I do, I do it sometimes. We, st- we eat there every week, my kids, because, you know. Well, you must be eating the grilled bites, too. You look good. Well, thank you. I just I just limit myself to one pizza now. Manny and I just enjoy going out on the lake. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> endeavor right. for you. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I will say that if you have not tried this item, this is another secret menu item, the cheese stick. Uh, yeah, and and it comes with marinara, homemade marinara. But you got to try it with the deli dressing. Dip it in the deli dressing. Deli dressing. My kids love that. You just That's what we get. Every, I, I yeah. didn't know that. Now the the the, it's, it's, it's the secret menu item. That's that's all our kids want. They'd rather have that than a cheese pizza. If you could, if we could add one thing to the menu, what would it be? Oh, I can go and tell you right now. <laughs> Go back to the sub. Which one? <laughs> Both of them. The Philly cheese and the um, was Hogan Hero. Okay. Those yeah, things those were phenomenal. Were good. They were so, so good. So, <laughs> that was easy for me. All right. What about you? 
The subs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming back on the menu. Is Maybe. that right, Amy? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> Take this part out. <laughs> That's what I love about the personalities. You, you got balance right here, and you got yeah. compliment. Joey's like, yeah, we'll do it. And Amy's no, like, see what ah, we got to put some structure in before we do that. <laughs> see, what happened was when we moved from the original location <laughs> to Hogansville, to the, the new Hogansville location, I'm like, we're taking the damn sandwiches off the menu. I'm tired of doing this shit. We've got to have too many people in the kitchen. So they're done. Everybody's like, okay. So we got we, – we said we're going to open up LaGrange. We started to open up LaGrange. We dealt with a lot of, you know, people just mad that we took the sandwiches off. But I'm like, I don't care. Get out of my face. And uh, But he had he was out front and had to deal with it. So we opened up LaGrange. You're like, man, we're just going to put these sandwiches back on the menu. I'm like, I'm telling you all, we don't need to do it. <laughs> like, and then they kept saying, let's do it. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. We did it. And they were like, oh, my God, <laughs> we should take these things back off. I mean, I think we could do a better job with it now. I don't know. <laughs> but it's never, tough. It's I, tough. I'm still scarred from making sandwiches. <laughs> I, I made 20 sandwiches in five minutes, and I'm telling you, every one of them was wrong and not one of them was cut. When that we, was the first the day first he was ever in the kitchen. <laughs> that was the first day he ever worked in the kitchen. And I didn't realize it until I, <laughs> until I was at home asleep and it just hit me. Like it all came together. Yeah. I just made all them sandwiches and not one of them was right. <laughs> yeah, it was. You just ruined the Carvelo's name. It sounds so simple. But, you know, it's, it's not as simple as it seems. Simple can be highly complex. Well, yeah. th- that's my specialty, though. I know how to simplify it and make it easy. So maybe one day. At one location, we'll have sandwiches. Well, I'll wait for that text. If we open it. The sandwich is coming back, so wherever it's at, I'm driving to it. I don't care if it's in Montana, I'm going to Montana to get that sub. That's what I'm saying. If we did it at, like, one location and then said, all right, we have sandwiches at this one, would y'all come? Now, do you you guys cater anymore? No, we don't. Okay. And that was something that was just, you know, it's tough to give you that same experience when you have to take your food from this location to here, you know, so – was another it's a little easier to, to do just what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, it, trying to just learn how to serve the masses, you know, that was a, that was just we had to make some changes. You know, if we wanted to do this stuff, great. You know, the other stuff was just, it was just better to get out of the way. A lot of these decisions were made, too, when we were a young, very young company with, you know, just expanding and trying to get our, you know, get everything organized. So, you know, as we get bigger, like we said, I mean, we, we see different things. We want to try, you know, bigger stores, potentially, you know, catering or something like that. You know, those are those are things that could get brought back up, get it open back up. So what year know. are we in Carvelis? Five? I mean, seven or eight? Year nine, year is, nine. will be March uh, – St. Patty's Day, March 17th will be year nine, and that is our dad's birthday. So that's the anniversary of his birthday. So, uh, and we have a big ass St. Patty's Day party usually in, in Hogansville, and we'll just we'll dial the beer green, and we'll dye the the uh, not all of it, some of it, and we'll dye the dough green and sell green yeah. pizzas. That's yeah. cool. Well, I know game day big because I went there Saturday and I got to watch the Georgia game, the Braves, and I got to watch the Alabama Tennessee game. So, I was in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you guys jumping in today. Um, it, 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 was, it was better than I expected. Yeah, it was easy. When you just, you know, when you're just, you know, talking about experience and just being authentic—that's the thing. You know, people can 
you know, the, the guy we're in business with, he said, people can smell a fraud from a mile away. Smell you a know, what? A fraud from a mile a away. Yeah. And he said, you know, just, 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 <laughs> yeah, so just, uh, just be yourself, you know, be yourself. Yeah. And, uh, I heard somebody tell me you can smell money from a mile away too. Yeah. I've been smelling it all day. We all at the table. <laughs> <laughs> We enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. We Appreciate enjoyed it. I had fun.